just reach over and hug somebody, especially if it's your spouse or your loved one. Just let them know. And then there's not a spouse sitting by you. Say it to Jesus. I love you for who you are, not what you can do for me. You don't have to perform for me. You don't have to be somebody for me. You don't have to do work of ministry for me to love you. Sometimes we just need to know that. I love you, Shannon, for you, not what you can do for me. Can I have a hug? I know we live together, but I hadn't seen you. <laughs> I've been... I hadn't seen you. We, and I missed you. <laughs> yes. Jesus loves us, not by our performance, what we can do for him, but because of relationship. He loved me when I was a sinner. The Bible says when I was yet a sinner, he died for me. So that is love, isn't it? So if he loves us like that, we can love each other like that. I don't need a performance. I don't need to see how godly you are, how spiritual you are. Really, I'd rather see how real you are. Can you tell me when it's not going good? Can you talk about it when it's not all hoops and daisies? And That's what I want to know, the real Charlotte Brewer. One day, Julie said, can the real somebody stand up? Can the real person stand up? But the world and church world especially teaches us to perform, that we've got to be something. We've got to somehow be righteous, somehow be, you know, know the whole Bible in a week. And <laughs> somehow, and I, that does not come from God. God's already all-knowing. He don't care I know stuff because he knows stuff. The only requirement in my life is to follow him and let him be all those things for me that I don't have to clown around. I don't have to be so righteous that nobody can get around me because I'm a preacher and, and all those things. I can be Angie. And that's why I come to prayer and tell you exactly what I'm going through. When it's my day for breakthrough, y'all know it because I'll walk in there and say it. I'll say, look, I need some help today. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. It's such a good spirit here today. And, uh, you know, last time God let me preach on us being kings. And this time he's, I have to uh, preach what he's given me. I was gone this week with my husband and Pastor Dana and Robert. And the Holy Ghost quickened me with this message. And I waited like a day before I called Pastor Barbara. I'm like, God, I'm on vacation. <laughs> he don't, he just, whatever. <laughs> you got to do it when he says. Amen. But then the, the revelation started flowing and flowing and flowing. And I'm like, okay, God. Because I have done that before where I felt like God was giving me a word. And I'm like, well, I'm not sure. I don't. And I thought, I'm not doing that anymore. If he gives it to me, if I'm on my honeymoon, I'm going to come back and preach it on my second honeymoon. That's my husband. He takes me to Florida, and, he's, and God says, you preaching Sunday, then I'm going to do it. Amen. 
How do you know what to preach? How do you know what the church needs the next week? Because things start happening, uh, and usually they happen more than one time. And so when things happen more than one time in the same week or two, then you know God wants to bring a word. That's a little nugget for preachers. He wants to bring a word on that because the anointing destroys the yoke, not how much I can tell you what you need to do, not how much I can say this needs to stop in our house, not how much I can say that I felt contention because that's what I'm going to talk about today, the spirit of contention because the spirit of contention is against unity. And Jesus Christ is all about unity. He prayed that we would be one. That is what he prayed, that we would be one, that he's in God and God's in him and he's in us and that we're in God. And he prayed that we would be just like that. And he wants us to be like that with each other instead of going out here sleeping with everybody and being one with them and being one with them and being fornicating with them. And I got part of you in me and you in me and I get real up here. God wants us to be one with him and one with his body. He wants us to be in unity. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So what is it? You know, we hear about strife, but what is contention? Because it's in the Word of God several times. And it means to argue, to be in competition with, to struggle in opposition, uh, a heated argument. Uh, a con you're in, um, uh, you're debating, you're striving. You're disagreeing over what's true. You think it's this way, and I think it's this way. So we're going to have some contention between us because one of us can't shut up. Well, because I, you know what? You can't argue with somebody don't argue back. God gave me that on a fast in my, for my marriage in the beginning days. I said, God, I don't want to live arguing with this man all my life because you know I'm right. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't say that part. So, <laughs> so I was in there folding clothes, and the Holy Ghost came upon me the second day of my fast. Yeah, I was arguing with my man, but I was in there folding his clothes, so I had a little love left. <laughs> so I'm sitting there folding clothes, and he's at work, and the Holy Ghost spoke to me just as clear as if he said, I love you. He said, you can't argue with somebody that won't argue back. I hit that floor, got on my knees, and said, show me how, God. Show me how. And so, of course, when he came home, I said, the, the sky sure is blue. And he said, well, it's a little gray. Seriously, that's how bad it was in our home. And I'm sitting in that truck. Charlotte was with me. We just went and got her wedding ring because she fitting to marry Kim and, and all that. And we just left the somewhere I'm gonna say where and we in my driveway <laughs> we in my driveway and all of a sudden that's what happened I said the sky he walked outside I said sky sure is pretty today it's blue he says a little gray and I felt that thing in me contention rise up and it wanted to say you always gotta argue me why are we even married why can't we if we can't get along we need to find another mate that's what I want to say. But I said, you're right, honey. I think I see a little more blue now. What did I do? I cast contention out of my marriage by not arguing with him. 
And it didn't come overnight. It came through flowing in this anointing, flowing and disarming the enemy. But now you can't get us to argue. We don't argue. We got a sweet, we in that sweet place, as Ruth Carraway says in our marriage. We're in that sweet place. So somebody say, I don't want contention. I want to cast it out. Like it, like I said in prayer, Abraham had contention in his house because he, he went to the arm of the flesh and he wanted a woman. So he just went, he, Sarah, she wanted a baby. So she's like, sleep with my, sleep with my maid. And he's like, okay, what man? Okay. So I can get you to hush nagging me about a baby. So he slept with the concubine and with her servant. And she had Ishmael. Well, guess what? Guess what, women? If your man's sleeping with another woman, you ain't going to like it long. You know, all these folks saying, we're going <laughs> to, what we're going to do, we're going to, what's that stuff swinging? You got swinging in your marriage? And, and you'd be like, it's okay. Hey, a man might think it's okay, but not for long either. But a woman, woo, a woman, what you think, Crystal? Is that going to happen long? Oh, no. Her man's helping in St. Charles with the, with the hurricanes and everything today. But I guarantee you he ain't looking at no women. I guarantee you he knows mama, mama going to be watching out. So Sarah said, you got to cast that bond woman out. <laughs> she, it was her idea. You know, we want stuff and then we don't want that debt when we wanted that new couch and nah, 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 nah. And you got to go fix it. So all of a sudden, you got to cast you got to cast that bomb woman out, and Abraham was grieved because he had to cast his son out with her, Ishmael and and Hagar. But God says she's your seed because God loves us so much. When we mess up, He comes around and picks it up and helps us. But there are consequences. He still had to cast his son out. There's consequences to sin. We think we can just repent and everything's going to be smooth. And then we get mad at God when we got to pay a price for our own sin. We think, well, I repented. Well, yeah, you did, but you got her pregnant. Now you got 18 years of child support. And God ain't going to say it's okay. You're going to have to take care of that child. I told my mama one day, if I'm going to live for God, I'm going to do it all the way. If I'm going to live for the devil, I'm going to do it all the way. She said, and you're going to pay. I said, huh? She said, you're going to reap what you sow. Go ahead. You want to live for the devil? All, you want to party and all that? Go ahead, but there's consequences. See, that you don't have to tell them to quit. That, I mean, there's consequences. They want it, then... There's a payday, and the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So God will, sometimes, you know, he ain't going to hold you down. He ain't going to put no, no things you get in prison on your arms and tell you, you better not sin. He, he said the wages of sin is death. If you choose that life, then death's going to follow you. Somebody you know is going to die. And then they get mad at God. I know somebody that lays on the grave, but he's still doing drugs with the man that died of an OD, the, the boy that died, but he said, I should have been him, high on his grave. He's high on his grave. I should have been him. And I'm thinking, 
Then another one died. Then another one bit the dust. Then another one bit the dust. You know that old song? Another one bites the dust. Like, one day, we got to see why is this following my life. And the only reason you ain't dead, because mama praying. But see, like with my children, one day, I had to release one of my children. In this, I said, God, I let them go. Hardest thing, one of the hardest things I ever did. And I walked in here, and they out there in the world in sin, getting pregnant, da 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 all of a sudden, Pastor Pinson was crying. That was her grandmother, our pastor before me here. She was crying over her. And she's, and I wasn't. How you know if you released them? I, I was sad what I heard, but I was not crying anymore. I wasn't grieving over her anymore uncontrollably. And she looked at me and she said, you released her, and I hadn't. And she went on a fast, and God gave her a word in Hosea, and that word came to pass, and she'd been in serving God ever since that fast, ever since, ever since then. But if you let them go in the spirit, that's the only way you can really let them go because we love our children, and we're going to try to fix it. We're going to try to rein them back in, and they're going to feel it. But one day she said, I knew when I was released. I'm out in the world, and I'm looking at these people falling in ditches drunk. And they're so high they can't get themselves home. And I looked around and thought, I don't want this life. What was the difference in her and another one of them? That grandma, that mama on their face, praying, seeking God, breaking the stronghold off her mind so she could see something because the Bible says the God of this world has blinded their eyes. They cannot see. So when we're constantly getting on to them, they cannot see. All they can see is you chewing them out, and they're going to go get some more crack. But when we let them go, they, they, they don't know what's happening. They're a little confused, and they're like, uh-oh, but she knew she wasn't under a covering anymore. She was a little. But she knew that the hedge had started being removed. Same way with me. I decided when I started getting delivered one day, I smoked a couple years when I was saved. I, couldn't, I didn't want to quit them. I loved them. I got mad at her one day. I go buy some cigarettes. I'm just a smoking them, listening to gospel music. It wasn't the cigarettes, it's the rebellion. It's not the cigarettes, it's the rebellion. Oreos can be rebellion too. But I'm like, <laughs> and I parked my car somewhere. This is a true story. I, I mean, like I would lie to y'all. I, <laughs> I say that all the time. I'm telling the truth. <laughs> well, yeah, you're supposed to tell the truth. Anyway, I'm sitting there parked, and all of a sudden, I seen four demons. It was a big field in front of me. My mom was a pastor. What was happening? I was released, and all hell was coming after me. Not, it wasn't going to help because she's a pastor. I was in straight-up rebellion, walked out and said, she can have them, and I'm gone. So I'm sitting in that field, and I seen them. They was 
probably to the back of this church or further from every corner. Two in the middle and one on each corner coming after me. And I threw them cigarettes out the window. I didn't worry about getting tickets for Lord or whatever you call that. I threw them out the window and I made my way back down this altar and humbled myself and repented to my pastor and told her I was sorry for my rebellion because I was fixing to die and go to hell before long if I didn't straighten up. See, God's got that grace, you know, that grace thing that they tell us we can do anything we want and go to heaven, which is, that's a lie from hell. Dr. Sorella says only 20% of the people that go to church are going to make it. 80% is not going to make it. He's a prophet to the nations. I believe him. Who's going to make it? The ones that make him Lord of lords and king of kings over their life. Lord is I do what he says. I do what he says, not what I want. I don't stay in Branson three more days because I didn't want to preach. I say, I'm going to go home and preach because he said. Amen? Hallelujah. So we're going to look at this spirit a minute. Let's look at Proverbs. It's in there a bunch of times. Proverbs 13.10. Why do, why do people have contention? It tells us right here. Only by pride comes contention. Because we won't be right. It makes us feel good when we're right, even when we're wrong. We're not going to admit we're wrong, though, because we've got to be right. That's a spirit of pride. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Pride comes con- before, by pride comes contention, but with the well-advised is wisdom. Proverbs 17, 14. If you don't want to turn, it's fine. I have several. 17, 14. The beginning of strife is as when one lets out water, therefore leave off contention before it be meddled with. What does that mean? The beginning of strife is letting out water as from small breakage in a dam. First it trickles, then it gushes out. Therefore, abandon a quarrel quickly before it breaks out. This is the Amplified. And tempers explode. See, contention's a little more than strife. I'm facing exploding some rage because I'm going to keep on talking until I'm mad. Because I'm not going to just let it go. He says, abandon the quarrel before it breaks out and tempers explode. Proverbs 18, 6, 8. Someone told me today something about someone having two strokes. I don't even remember, so I'm not saying this about them. But I saw this word. A fool's lips enters into contention and his mouth calls for strokes. So if I live in contention, I put myself in danger of having a stroke. Ooh. 18 verse 17. He that is, hey, you know what? This scripture is so true. He that is first in his own cause seems just. But his neighbor comes and searches him. The lot causes contentions to cease and parts between the mighty. A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city, and their contentions are like the bars of a castle. 
A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, and with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. This first scripture, he that is first in his own, just say case. Whatever I tell Shannon, she'll believe more than if Adam comes in a minute and tells her something else. What does it just say? That's why when people spread rumors about you and you don't defend yourself, people seem to believe them rumors. But Jesus never defended himself. If it's true, whatever, that's why gossip, if, you, if you're spreading gossip and, it, and people believe something about you, Farah, maybe they heard it first and someone else came. She, she's not like that. She don't do that. It's real hard for them to believe because someone else done spread this stuff first. It's contention. Let's don't do that about people. Amen. Chapter 19, verse 13. A foolish son is the calamity of his father, and the contentions of a wife are a continual dropping. The Bible says it's better for a man to live on a rooftop than a contentious woman. I don't want my husband to say that. I want to go sleep on the roof tonight, Angie, because of this. <laughs> I don't want to tell him to live in the doghouse. I didn't marry him to put him in the doghouse because I'm mad all the time. I don't want to be mad all the time. I don't want contentions and strife and revelings. The book of James tells us where they come from. He said, "Are you? if you're warring, it's coming out of the lust of your flesh. And he says, you're mad and angry because you ask for something and you don't get it because you ask amiss because you ask it for your own lust. So sometimes we get angry when God don't give us that woman or that job or that car. But he said, you're asking for your own lust. You're not even asking for my will. I might want you to have a motorcycle. I might want you to have a truck instead of a car. I might actually want to give you two cars, but you're so contentious with me, God's saying, that how can I give you anything? Hey, because the blessings don't come from ungratefulness. He doesn't bless ungratefulness and strife and, and being angry at him and mad at him all the time. Amen. Whew. Thank you, Jesus. So we see in Genesis 1, 3, 6, let's look at this. I'm going to give you some examples of this spirit. Somebody said, I don't want contention in my life. It wants to ruin my marriage. It wants to get me out of church. It, it wants to me not talk to my children. So we all pretty much know the story about Lot. 13, 6, I'm sorry. I write my ones real little. 13.6. We see, you know, that Lot and Abram, they were both blessed before verse 6. And then it says, And the land was not able to bear them, that they might dwell together. For their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. And there was a strife between the herdsmen of Abram's cattle and the herdsmen of Lot's cattle. And the Canaanite and the Parasite dwelled then in the land. And Abram said to Lot, let there be no strife. Is this how you deal with strife and contention? Do you just try to bring peace? 
the Bible said, be a peacemaker. If there's anything in your power to bring peace, bring peace. Don't hold back. Don't hold back on bringing some peace. Abraham knew he was going to choose the best part, but he still said, go ahead and choose. You choose. And Lot chose what he thought was the best part. But later on, Abraham had to go get him out of trouble. But they couldn't stay together. Uh, there was some fighting with uh, John Mark because Barnabas wanted to take him and Paul didn't. So they had to separate. They couldn't even work in ministry together because of the contention. That's how serious it is. And Genesis 13.6 is what we was just looking at. So they had to separate, and their families had got to know each other, and that's happened to us because people, won't, they won't come in unity. They want their own things, and then they separate families. They divide. It happened in heaven, but they was trying to cause all kind of havoc in heaven. Satan was, and God cast him out. Just like I said, we got to cast the spirit of contention out because he cast Satan out of heaven because that's how much he's not going to allow strife and contention in heaven. And he had to go with one-third of the angels that were in agreement with him. Because if they're in agreement with the devil, they're not in agreement with God. If you're not for me, you're against me. And i got to get you out of my inner circle. Nobody here is against me. But i got to get them out of my inner circle. If they come in and striving, if they come in this church and talking and, uh, and bashing, uh, that's why we had to go to the office all my life. For 10 years, if mama heard anybody talk about another person in this ministry, she would call you up and say, let's talk it out. She would say, Angie, someone said you said something about Sandra, so I need to see both of y'all in the office. That's why we never had just some people over here that didn't talk to these people over here. We never had that here. Because she didn't allow it. She cast the scorner out. The Bible says if you cast the scorner out, contention will cease. You'll have no more strife in your house. And if you cast the spirit out, not the wife, not the husband, not the kid, not the, no, cast the spirit out. Get on your knees. We wrestle not with flesh and blood but against powers and spiritual wickedness, principalities, rulers of darkness. I don't wrestle with the spirit in the man. I wrestle with on my knees in the heavenlies because we sit far above all principalities. And when I see that thing manifesting around me in people that I love, I'm going to go get on my face and I'm going to drive him out. That's how we cast out today. That's how we say get out. We get the spirit out of our house and say, you have no right here. You're unlawful between me and my boyfriend. You're unlawful between me and my girlfriend. You're unlawful with us. Hey, Hey, the anointing just came in to drive him out. Drive him out. Hey, between daughter and mother, between mother and child, between husband and wife, between children, between hey, hey, between congregation and pastors. Ha! Huh. We drive that spirit out that says, I'm not going to buy no carpet because you didn't do right. We drive you out. 
I drive you out because God is our source anyway. Hey, get out of here in the name of Jesus. Hey. Thank you. Ain't y'all feeling better already? Woo. Philippians 1.16 says some of them preached the gospel, but they did it for vain glory. They did it to uh, strive. Did you know people will leave you and go start something down the road just to prove their point? Prove you was wrong? Well, let's read this. Why can't we just take wrong ourselves? Ha, ha, ha. It's one of my favorite things to read. 1 Corinthians 6. Why? Because I live this. I still try to live it. 1 Corinthians 6, 7 through 10. Because if I sow to my flesh, I reap corruption. If I sow to the Spirit, I reap life. So I learned that principle. And when things are coming at me, I try not to sow back in my flesh. Because there's no fruit in that. But... It's going to be a bad harvest, but there's no good fruit in that. Amen. 1 Corinthians 6, 7 through 10. Whew. When I was reading all these scriptures yesterday, Brother Floyd, and the day before, or, you know, just during the week at different times, I thought of you, and I'm like, if we had just read this New Testament, we'd start living right. I started getting convicted left and right just reading all these scriptures about contention. If you'll just get something you struggle with and start looking up scriptures, the Bible will tell you how to walk out of it. First Corinthians. That's what we're going to do in this school. We're going to be walking out of some of this stuff. Chapter 6, verse 7. Now, therefore, there is utterly a fault among you because you go to law with one another. Why do you not rather take wrong? Woo. Let that sink in. Why can't I just be wrong? Why do you not rather take wrong? Why do you not rather suffer yourself to be defrauded? Nay, you do wrong and defraud and that your brethren. Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkenness, nor, what's that word? Rivalers. People that fight. People that's always in opposition with you. They all, See, that's the flesh warring against the spirit. Maybe you want God and you go home. And you just feel something fighting you all the time. Well, yeah, it's a real battle because they are. They may even love you, but they don't love the God in you yet. They want you. They want to get that out of their house because they feel convicted. But he said, if you're rivaling, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. We got to get that out of us. We got to get that. The only thing I'm supposed to contend for is the Holy Ghost and the promises of God. I don't supposed to be contending for my own way and to get my new truck and to get my new look. I can contend to where he wants me to give something away. I can contend for the promises of God. I can contend for a soul. I can get on my face like Brother Allen when I come back to study last night. He was vacuuming the floor. He was doing so good. I mean, this floor, he was spending some time in this sanctuary. 
I was in there, and he didn't even know I was here. And, and uh, then in a minute, we got to talk for a minute. And he said, I've had warfare for two or three days, but I had a dream about a family member. They were at the altar speaking in tongues, just got filled with the Holy Ghost. I said, well, that was probably the warfare. He was contending for a soul. Can I not contend for a soul instead of contend for you, with you? Can I not spend my time if I'm going to fight? Can I not do it on, on my face for somebody to go into eternal life instead of feeling something for my flesh that I'm right, I'm superior, I'm bigger than you because I'm going to tell you off? I need to be telling the devil off. Who is our contender? It's the devil. He's the accuser of the brethren. He's the one that's fighting you through somebody else. So let's contend with him. I remember when one of my, my children years ago was contending with me in the flesh and, and, and was rebelling, you know, and coming on my job. And, and I got furious. I got furious when they had that nose ring and blood was pouring out of their face. I was furious because they did it to hurt. They did it on purpose to hurt me. And God said, just, just look out the window. Oh, that's a pretty horse. The parade was going on. But I'd never been so mad. I don't think I've ever been that mad. And I went home, and I didn't know why I was mad. And because I was loving them, and I didn't show any of that to them. But Pastor Pinson called me, and I told her what happened. And she said, Angie, this, this changed my life. You are not mad at them. You're mad at the spirit of rebellion in them. We know that. But when it happens, when it happens and it's somebody you love and you know they're just doing it to cut you and you know they're doing it to get you back, you know it can be little things, but you know the spirit behind it. And when she said that, I got to warring on the floor, honey. I was in this trailer. I was on my knees. Shakalaba, you spirit rebellion. You're going to get off of her in the name of Jesus. You going. I contended with him. I remember being at the river when we lived at the river, and, and I saw this thing come on my son. He wasn't very old. He was not very old. Maybe, I don't know, between five and eight. And I was like, he's sweet. Why is this rebellion on his on his way he's responding in his face and so I got on the floor again my husband at work I'm praying I said God what is this on my son he said rebellion I said you spirit of rebellion I'm contending I'm not in there you rebellious what I do to make you this way you so ugh. I said shakada by Sunday Hey, you spare rebellion, you get off of him right now in the name of Jesus. And in a minute, y'all, it didn't take long because I lived a praying lifestyle. So I was sensitive to hear. And in a minute, I never heard the devil talk to me before, but I heard him. He says, I said this first. You know, you're in that warfare, and all of a sudden I said, he's just a little boy. And the devil said, I don't care. And I don't care about the rest of them. 
And you know, woo, it, hey, I've got to come down here on that one. Hey, kataba, shakataba, sekete ande, yekandaba, sheke ande. Hey, I used to have just a little bit, a little imp of a mercy for the devil. I, I, I mercy motivate. That's my, my gill. So mama looked at me crazy. You got mercy for the devil? I said, mama, we get to repent over and over. I get 100,000 times to repent. But that day, when that demon said that about my baby, when he didn't have any control over his life, and that spirit moved in somehow, maybe something we watched on TV and let in the house, or maybe with a, a grandma or a loved one that's being rebellious, and the spirit is coming on my child because that's how it happens if we don't guard them. And when he said that about my baby and every other baby in the world, I was contending, honey, child. And that thing broke off. And from that day on, I remember when he said, if you pray anymore, I'm going to kill you. I was sitting right over there. The doctor just said, you're going to have this high blood pressure the rest of your life. You're going to take all this medicine. I never took nothing. I never went to doctors. And she made me go. I come to prayer. She said, Julie, take her. I've been coming a while like that. She said, take her. Didn't know what it was. But I, when I come out of the office that day, he had told me all these negative reports. And she didn't know it yet, but I was sitting right over there. And I wouldn't hardly pray because I was like, I don't know if I'm mad. Because you want to say, God, I pray all the time. Why, why I got this? So I'm deciding what I'm going to do. But she didn't know anything. She walked over there to me. I thank God for for leaders she didn't let me stay like that she come over there she said i ain't letting you do this and when she did i said i still had the choice to get up and walk out i'm a grown woman i said i gave it all i got that day and broke that thing off of my mind and you know i didn't have to take nothing or anything for like 15 20 years that thing broke off of me that day but he whispered to me he said Right before I started praying, he said, if you pray, I'm going to kill you. So one day in here, I said, if, I, if it's my last breath, I'm going to do warfare. And Pastor Penn started shouting. Shock, I wish everybody felt that way. Because, see, when he makes you mad enough, when you see your real enemy, when you see what he does to your children and my children and to our grandchildren and to your girlfriend, boyfriend, wife, husband, mama, daddy. This is the way to fix it. We were praying and fasting one time trying to figure out the way. We were. <laughs> mama done went to heaven. We're like, how can we have revival, God? What's the way? How can we do it? Brother Allen's sitting there with his calm prophet self. He says, do it the way that we've been doing it. That's the way. You fast and pray and pull down the strongholds. There's no shortcuts, y'all. I'm sorry. There's not. But you can learn to do that. You can learn how to do that, and it works. We see here last night and saw a beginning thing in somebody's life. I don't got to go tell the person. But I said, you mark this night. There will be a manifestation of this prayer. 
So I want something that works. And yeah, you might not like it for a minute because you might not feel nothing. Well, you're fighting the devil. You, you think the glory's going to be there? Let's go past the point of blessing to a realm of power. Do you want power? Power to cast out devils, heal the sick? That Jesus didn't go in the wilderness because he was scared to be tempted, thinking, I, I got I to fast 40 days because I don't know if I'm going to be strong enough. He went in the wilderness to prepare himself to cast out devils. He went in the wilderness to be preparation for what he was fixing to do for ministry. He already defeated the enemy. He already knew when the devil says, you can stand on here and I'm going to make you over all kingdoms. The devil didn't even own the kingdoms of the... Jesus already owned it because his father is God. He's trying to give him something he already had. So he went to the wilderness for preparation, and we think we don't have to prepare to cast out a devil. That's why a lot of people say, I bind you and nothing leaves. It comes through relationship with Jesus Christ. Power travels through relationship, not by my words. If I don't spend no time with my husband, come here, honey. I ain't getting this checkbook. <laughs> I better not even ask. <laughs> well, I mean, who wants to be married to somebody that says, honey, I need this new purse? You ain't cook them nothing. You ain't spend no time with them. You ain't clean the house. He talking about he don't want to be a sugar daddy. If you want to be a sugar daddy, you want a prostitute. You don't want a wife. Jesus don't want no prostitute children. He wants relationship, and he's done giving us everything, so why can't we give him our lives back? Why can't I give him my contention? Why can't I just say I don't have to be right? Like it just said in Corinthians. Can somebody help me? It's not much more. I got a bunch of notes, but I know y'all been here a while. But we're breaking this thing, right? So they were, they were struggling. I'm with Apollos. I'm with Paul. Paul said, I... I'm glad I didn't baptize y'all. He said, I only baptized a couple of y'all, but I'm glad I didn't. He said, because y'all are carnal. Because you contending who, who you with. I'm with this church. I'm Baptist. I'm Methodist. I go over there to freedom. You know, we the best. Really? I think I can learn a little bit myself. <laughs> So we saw where the fighting comes from. It comes from jealousies, power, control. This is something, too, that I, that I see. We don't realize this is contention. When we make people control us, they don't want to. But we won't make no decisions. Why won't we? Because, you know, if I'm, if I'm rebellious in my heart and I haven't dealt with that, I'm looking for the next person to rebel against. If Kobe was rebellious, okay, if he was rebellious against his daddy, 
he could look at Tim, and Tim would say, man, can you help me mow the yard? They did the church yard yesterday. Can you, can you help me? And he could. <laughs> and that rebellion's coming from what he has in his heart against his daddy as a child, but it's coming over on him. So sometimes when we don't make decisions, I want you to do it for me. I used to think it was just so if it was wrong, you'd be the one out there. and You know, people make you say, where you want to eat? I don't care. You do like mama, she'd make you tell her, and then she wouldn't eat there. <laughs> I, I finally say, Chinese, she'd say, nah, I don't want that. <laughs> but you're going to answer. <laughs> So, but I used to didn't answer. I'm thinking she knows stuff. She hears God. She knows what's best today. Taco Bell's better today. <laughs> it's got to be better than the fiesta today. See, and that way if there's a crowd, nobody's looking at them like they made the wrong decision. So, Julie said yesterday, she said, those people never wrong. <laughs> Well, I hope, I hope that makes you happy because it really makes you close-minded, makes you not grow very much. Because, But have you ever had people that in marriage, it's like, okay, I done learned this thing of disarming the enemy. I used to go and make every decision. No, you ain't cutting them trees. I'm the one that said, let's get this house, and I got it for the trees, and you ain't cutting them. I used to be like that. Well, and then you start, okay, God deals with you. That's your husband. Wives submit as unto the Lord. Okay, you can cut the trees. And really in my heart, I don't want you to, but I don't say that. You can cut the trees, honey. So then, if they're controlling people, they start seeing you do that, and they see that as a weakness. I see it as a weakness. My husband was picking at me last month. He said, are you doing that disarming again? So he done figured out that's what I'm doing. So I need a new strategy, y'all. <laughs> I done done it so many years, he knows when I'm doing it. But it's worked. It has worked. So they make you, but then you try to submit. Because cause the other way, you're controlling because... You don't never let them do nothing. So they're going to try and make you submit. So you finally submit. Okay, honey, whatever you want. Yeah, that's good. Uh-huh. Yeah, we can put the flower over there. That's good. Why don't you ever make no decisions? You can make a decision. you treating you like you're just stupid and weak because, and you're looking at them crazy like, I can make a hundred decisions, but I'm trying to get along with you, Okay. So, which way do you want it? Do you want us to submit, or do you want us to be who we are in Christ Jesus? Because that's who we need to be. We need to be able to make decisions, but we need to be able to submit too. We need to be. The opposite of contention is unity. Where two or three agree is touching anything, whatever they ask, it'll be done for them. 
for two or three are together, God is in the midst of them. Ecclesiastes, where two, it's better with two because if you get cold, you got somebody to warm you up. If you fall down, you got somebody to pick you up. So why would we live our life, especially in a marriage? See, if we're contending against our spouse, we're contending against God. Because he says that the marriage is uh, like God. It's like the relationship with God in Ephesians. It's a mystery. Marriage is a mystery. But if I can get more done with him, why would I ever fight him? Why do I enter into a marriage being independent, making my husband feel like I don't need him when that's stripping him of his manhood? And then we wonder why he's being contentious. Well, he, he don't feel like he's taking care of his wife, which is something that he needs to feel. So even if you're independent, you can say, Honey, oh, I need you. That'll do so much for that man. I told Tim he looked good today, and he swelled up like a peacock. <laughs> he, he's even got the color of the shirt like a peacock today, and he's looking like one. So what now? He going to buy me lunch, probably. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have to manipulate, though. I do know that. I just have to give something. The, the Bible says, exhort one another daily, even as the day approaches, even in the end times. Why can't we give people something? Why can't when they ask, where do you want to go, you say what you want to do? Charlotte said, Apostle, you used to take me to eat, and you'd say, what kind of pizza you like? I like all of it. She said, I was a straight-up liar. <laughs> I don't like anchovies, and I don't like this, and I don't like... Italian sausage, but I'd make you choose for me. I don't know what you like. If I want to go, I'll say, I'm going to Johnny's getting a pepperoni. Do you want to go? I'll tell you what I want, so you don't have to do it for me. So when someone asks you questions, they want to know your answer. They don't want you to lay down like a doormat. They want you to have personality. They want you to have your own identity. Because that's another thing of contention. People stealing from your identity and everything else and hiding behind you. Hiding behind you and your identity so they can stay safe. But we're going to repent today. I know it's, it's a little late, and we're going to repent today. And I just feel a universal anointing here for this. And so any area that you know that you've been content, had contention in your heart, that you've contended, like Pastor Dana said, that's like a boxing match, man. I'm better than you. And you're going to know it. Well, why did you marry me? I'm here to be your helpmate, not your opposition. God, we just, I'm going to ask my husband to come and pray a prayer over the body today. And if you need anything, if you need to be saved, if you need healing, you can come up here. Um, and there's leaders here that will pray with you today. But we just appreciate you coming. And School of Ministry will be Tuesday at 10. If you are not part of, don't want to be part of that, we have prayer at noon. Um, 
What's the address, Bob? You tell them all about it. The address is 205 Pine Street. Put on the church. Just about the church. Okay. Yeah, the school will be here and the lunch will be served here. And the uh, prayer at noon is at our prayer building. It's 205 Pine Street, just across from First State Bank. So you'll see all the cars, and it's a pretty yellow building there. So we just invite you to come take part in that. Just come be with the school, however you'd like. So we'll have a great time, learn a lot, uh, get to, it's a different atmosphere than church, different atmosphere than preaching. So God, we thank you today, Lord Jesus. We thank you for deliverance from contentiousness, God. We thank you for bringing it to the light, God, just bringing it to the surface where we can realize what's in our lives, God. We thank you for giving us that vision where we can look at ourselves, God, and, and just realize there's, there's something in me that doesn't need to be there, Lord God. And we know that we can only do that through your leading, God. For the devil's going to hide things from us. He's not going to let us see it. But God, we thank you for bringing things to light, God, that we can just get on our knees and come to the altar and pray about God. That we can just tell him, Lord, I don't want this in me anymore, God. I don't want to be contentious. I don't want to be the, the person people think is just going to argue all the time, God. I want to I want to go to work and be productive, God. I want to go home and be productive, Lord Jesus. I don't want to be in opposition, God. I don't want to be the one they come to, yes, God, just to start a fight, God. They can say something, say, watch Tim, watch how he reacts. He's going to be so mad. God, I don't want that in me, Lord Jesus. I don't want to be contentious, God. I want to be agreeable, Lord Jesus. I want to be in agreement with you, Lord God, each and every day of my life, Lord God. I want to be with you, God. I want the sun to shine on me, God. I don't want dark clouds following me all of my days, Lord Jesus. I want the sunbeam coming down on my life, Lord Jesus. I want to know that I'm in agreement with you, God. I want to know that happiness is following me all of my days, Lord God. I want to know that you're smiling upon me. You approve of this message, God. Oh, Lord Jesus, I want to know that you approve of this decision, Lord Jesus. And I thank you, God. Lord, I thank you for bringing it to the forefront, God. Oh, God, we just know that if it wasn't a problem, you wouldn't have said it today, Lord Jesus. It's out there, and it's everywhere out there. But, God, maybe it's a little bit, maybe it's a lot, God, but I can be free of it today, Lord Jesus. I see what it is, God, and I know how to battle it, Lord Jesus. I can come to the altars and I can bow, Lord Jesus. I can say, Lord, take this out of me, Lord Jesus. I don't want it anymore, God. I can pray for my friend. If I don't have it, I can pray for my friend at the altar, God. If I've defeated it, I can pray for my friends at the altar, God. Oh, Lord Jesus. Yes, God, the atmosphere is right today, Lord Jesus. It's right for deliverance, Lord God. It's right for salvation. It's right for healing today, God. Oh, and I thank you for being here, God. And I thank you for coming up on the congregation today, God. Oh, on the people all across the land, God. Oh, but today we've heard about it, God. We've seen it. We've seen examples. And we've looked deep in our hearts and we've seen that it's us, Lord God. We are standing there, God. And we are in the need of prayer, Lord Jesus. And I thank you, God, for delivering us, God, for bringing us out of bondage, for setting us free, Lord God. Yes, God, I thank you for that, Lord Jesus. 
Yes, God, I thank you for the feet that I can walk to the altars, God. I thank you for the apostle to give us the word and the time that it's needed, God. Oh, not to give it last week when I wasn't here, but to give it today when I'm here. Oh, God, to give it today when I'm listening, God. Oh, to slow me down, God, to slow my pace down, God. Oh, where I can hear and where I can understand, God. Oh, God, where I can know that I know that I know that this is in me, Lord Jesus, and that I want it out, Lord God. Oh, today is the day for deliverance. Today is the day to be set free. Today is your day. God has anointed you for this day to come forward and to be at the altars and take hold of your life and gain your life back. That's one more step, God. Oh, one more step of being completely free, Lord Jesus. Yes, God. Yes, God, freedom in this place, God. There's freedom in this house, Lord God. Oh, there's freedom in my life. Yes, God, yes, God. freedom, God. Freedom from this, God. Oh, God, I thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, I thank you that I can dedicate this time to you, Lord Jesus. Yes, God, yes, God. Oh, God, if it wasn't important, you wouldn't have put it in the Bible so much, God. If it wasn't important, you wouldn't have brought it to my mind, Lord God. Oh, God, you wouldn't put the examples in my life, God. You didn't do that, Lord Jesus, but... You, you let me see them examples in my life, God, the t where I can know that I need to be set free, Lord Jesus. Yes, God, yes, God, there's freedom in this place, God. There's freedom in the word that was brought today. She didn't bring it just to, to let you see it in your life and to let you walk out the door. She brought it today. She brought the word today so that you could be free from this, God. Yes, God, shake it. So you could go home and have your loving home and just have peace all in there, God. Know that there be no strife and no, yes, God, no jealousy, God. No strife in that house, God. Oh, no strife in the workplace, God. No strife at the neighbor's house, God. Yes, Lord Jesus. Yes, God, yes, God. Yes, God, yes, God, yes, God, yes, God. Oh, yes, God, yes, God. Oh, that's not me, God. I don't have that. I don't have it. I just have, oh, I just disagree just a little bit. Well, a little bit is too much. No sin will enter into heaven. Get it up by your shaking tea. Yes, God, a little lump will ruin, ruin the whole loaf. Yes, God, harmony. We're releasing harmony now into the, into the people, God. Yes, God, unity, God. Yes, God, unity in their lives, unity in their marriage, God. Oh, unity with their brothers and their sisters, God. Unity with the parents, Lord God. Unity with the employers. Unity with the city leaders, God. Unity with the government, Lord Jesus. Yes, you can see. 
Oh, God, there's unity, God. There's unity, God. Yes, God, there's peacefulness here, God. Peacefulness here, Lord Jesus. Yes, God, yes, God, there's a sweetness that comes across the land, God. Oh, yes, God, there's, there's just, oh, God, yes, we feel lighter, Lord Jesus, when you lift that burden from us, Lord. Yes, God, thank you, Jesus. Yes, Yes, God, thank you, Jesus. Yes. Yes, God, thank you for lifting the burden, God. Yes, God. Oh, Jesus, peace comes across the land, Lord God. Oh, peace, as we, as we, you laid hands upon them, God. Peace just comes into their spirit, God. Oh, peace becomes who they are, Lord God. Yes, God, nothing can take it away from them, God. Peace gets buried down inside them. The root of them becomes the peace, God. That's who they are to the core, Lord God. Yes, God. They bring peace wherever they go, God. They bring peace throughout the land. When they walk into the grocery store, people just feel at ease, God. They feel a peace and a lovingness, God. Oh, peace into the people of God. Yes, God, peace, Lord Jesus. Yes, God, yes, God. Yes, God. Oh, God, we thank you, Jesus. Yes, God, yes, God, we thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you for this day, God. We thank you for the anointed word, God. We thank you for the anointed deliverances that people have got today, Lord Jesus. I thank you for being with us through this service, God, and through this week, Lord Jesus. As we go out and we do new things, Lord Jesus, thank you for being with us this week, God. Oh, God, as we do things that we've never done before, thank you for giving us encouragement, God. Thank you for giving us the the wisdom, God, and the courage to do things that we've never done before, God, to go places we've never went before, Lord Jesus. I thank you for giving us the courage, Lord Jesus, and the friendship to back us up, Lord God. I thank you for the friends that will be right there with us, Lord God. Yes, God, and I just ask that you bless this the school this week, Lord Jesus, just as it's a new endeavor, Lord God, and I just ask that you just put your hands upon it, God. We, we've, she's heard the, the leading, God, and she's went that direction, God, but we continually ask your blessings for this, Lord Jesus. But we don't do it lightly, God, and we don't want to do it on a just a shallow level, God. We want to go deep with it, Lord Jesus. We want to give it our all, and we want all of you to be in everything that we do, Lord God. So we just ask that you go with us and be with us next week, God, as we start our school, Lord Jesus, the school of ministry, God. We thank you for the blessings upon our lives already, God. And we thank you for the blessings that are going to come in our lives through this school, God, as we sit and learn in a new atmosphere, God. And just, yes, God, as we do new things, God, we ask that you bless us in Jesus' name. And God, we love you, and we'll see you again each and every day, Lord Jesus. We love you, and we just ask that you bless us in Jesus' name. Amen.